Uh, well, guys, so we're going to do a little reading. Let's do this, and uh, you guys can follow along. I'm going to start in Deuteronomy 32, uh, starting in verse 44. I'll read through 47. It says, Moses came with Joshua, son of Nun, and recited all the words of this song in the presence of the people. That song that Moses is reciting is basically how God has worked in the history of Israel. Uh, it says, after Moses finished reciting all these words to all of Israel, he said to them, take to heart all these words that I'm giving as a warning to you today, so that you may command your children to follow all the words of this law carefully. For they are not meaningless words to you, but they are your life. And by them you will live long in the land that you were crossing the Jordan to possess. So he's talking to him about crossing over. So, so, so you, you guys, this is going to be life to you. And, and when you cross over, this is what it's all about. Now skip with me to Deuteronomy 34. It's just a page over in my Bible. It says uh, this, starting in 34, verse 1, Then Moses went up from the plains of Moab to Mount Nebo to the top of Pisgah, which faces Jericho, and the Lord showed him all of the land. Gilead as far as Dan, all of Naphtali, the land of Ephraim and Manasseh, and the land of Judah as far as the Mediterranean Sea, the Negev and the plain and the valley of Jericho, the city of Palms as far as Zor. The Lord said to him, <coughs> excuse me, this is the land I promised Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I'll give it to your descendants. I have let you see it with your own eyes, but you will not cross into it. So Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in the land of Moab, according to the Lord's word. He buried him in the valley in the land of Moab, facing Beth Peor, and no one to this day knows where his grave is. Moses was 120 years old when he died. His eyes were not weak, and his vitality had not left him. The Israelites wept for Moses in the plains of Moab for 30 days, and then the days of weeping and mourning for Moses came to an end. Joshua, son of Nun, was filled with the spirit of wisdom because Moses has laid his hands on him. So the Israelites obeyed him, and they did as the Lord had commanded Moses. No prophet has risen again in Israel like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face. He was unparalleled for all the signs and wonders the Lord sent to do against the land of Egypt, to Pharaoh, to all of his officials, and to the land, and for all the mighty acts of power and terrifying deeds that Moses performed in the sight of Israel. And then again, one more passage. If you'll uh, turn the page to Joshua chapter 1. We read this. After the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now you and all the people prepare to cross over the Jordan to the land that I'm giving the Israelites. I have given you every place where the sole of your foot treads, just as I promised Moses. All right. That is the word of the Lord. May God bless the readers, the hearers, and the doers. Um, so this morning, guys, I really just have one thing to share with you. Uh, I know that's crazy, but just, just one big idea, one main point. I, I told John and Tiff this week as I was kind of talking it out uh, to myself, kind of processing I was like, I don't know if it's a sermon or a conversation, but we're going to have it. So uh, here it is, one, one big main idea, and it, it's this. It's that sometimes really good things have to be laid to rest so that we can experience the better promises of God, right? 
If you're asking me to sum up what, what we find from Deuteronomy 32 through Joshua 1, 1 through 3, it would be that right there. That sometimes uh, really good things have to be laid to rest so that we can experience the better things of God. Uh, and I, I just want you to notice for a moment how the text describes Moses. Can we talk about him for a second? By the way, when you talk about Moses and you study Moses, you cannot help but see Jesus. That Jesus, uh, Hebrew says, Jesus is the better Moses. He's the better lawgiver. He's the better deliverer. He's the better savior, all those kind of things. So we're meant to see Jesus in the life of Moses, just so you know. Uh, but listen to how Deuteronomy speaks of Moses. Deuteronomy 34, 11 through 12 says, He was unparalleled. Boy, that's a word, right? Unparalleled. No, nobody like him. There's nobody else like him. He was unparalleled for all of what? All the signs and the wonders. Like, listen, what is Jesus known for? Shows up in the New Testament. He is known for all the signs and all the wonders, right? I mean, you, you, you think about this. It, it, it says, because uh, the Lord sent him to Egypt. And it says he, he's unparalleled for the mighty acts of power and the, the terrifying deeds. And I just want you to think about this with me for a moment. Uh, Moses was their deliverer. When you think about how hard must this have been for Israel, right? For the nation of Israel. Moses was their deliverer. Moses was literally uh, the answer to their prayers for salvation, right? So the nation of Israel, uh, right, they, they, they come to Egypt. You remember the story of Joseph and, and uh, he, you know, he, his brothers sell him into slavery. He ends up in Egypt. Uh, he, he comes to be second in command. Uh, great famine everywhere. His family comes to him. He's like, hey, it's me. What you meant for harm, God meant for good. Come stay here. Live with me. Uh, there in, in Egypt, uh, during this famine, Israel grows into a great nation right there. Like that's where it happens. And, and, and Pharaoh, uh, that Pharaoh loved Joseph and loved his family, and so everything was cool. But that Pharaoh dies, another Pharaoh takes over, he looks around and goes, there's Jews everywhere, and they're going to they're gonna take over our country if, if we're not careful. And so he enslaves them, and, and they're in slavery. They begin to cry out to God as they're being mistreated, God save us! Lord, save us. And the Bible says that he heard their cries and he sent them a deliverer named Moses, right? And so Moses, unique. Uh, think about Moses and Jesus. So Moses, when he's born, uh, Pharaoh declares, we're going to kill all the babies. No more, no more Israel. We're killing all the babies. So his mom has him, loves him, cherishes him, puts him in a basket, sticks him in the Nile, uh, comes to, to Pharaoh's own house and is raised in Pharaoh's house. What happened with Jesus? Do you remember what happened when Jesus is born? We're killing all the babies. Here it is. Right? You're supposed to see these things, y'all. And, and so, so listen, Moses is unique. Now he's raised in, in, in Pharaoh's house, but eventually he becomes to see the, the mistreatment of his people. And he loses it one day. And he, he kills one of the slave masters and buries him in the sand. And his people see it. They find out about it. Moses knows like, hey, they're going to they're gonna be on to me. So he runs away into the middle of the desert where he becomes a shepherd. And boy golly, will the rest of his life reflect that choice. He'll now be a shepherd of the most wayward animals on the face of the planet. That is the children of God. Okay? Not sheep, the children of God wayward people. And so God teaches him these great lessons. And there one day as he's tending the flock, the Lord speaks to Moses in a burning bush. The, the bush is on fire and God is speaking to him. He's like, hey dude, it's me. You better take off your shoes or you're going to be ruined. 
because you're on holy ground. So Moses has this meeting with God, right? You remember the call? And he says, hey, I'm sending you to Pharaoh. You're gonna, he says, I'm not going back. Nope, you're going back. And, and you're going to tell him to let my people go. And so Moses goes back to Pharaoh, and he serves as that deliverer, and he keeps going to Pharaoh. God says, let my people go. He's like, nope, I'm not going to do it. So we've got the ten plagues, right? Over and over and over, let my people go. Nope, here's, here's a sign, here's a wonder. Let my people go. No, here's a sign, here's a wonder. So the tenth one, right, the plague of the firstborn. And, and, and there it's during the plague of the firstborn uh, that, that, that the greatest... Uh, the greatest feast festival of, of all of Judaism is, is going to uh, begin. That's called the Passover, right? Which, 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 again, pointing to Jesus. Who is Jesus, right? He's the innocent victim. He's the perfect lamb whose blood will have to be slain. So they take the blood of the lamb and they put it over the doorpost. It's pointing to the cross, right? This is, this is Moses. Now, Pharaoh says, get out. And so they get out, and then he changes his mind. No, I'm going after him. They pursue him. They get to the Red Sea, and God says, hold out your staff. And he holds out their staff. And the people, this is Moses, this is their leader. And, and the seas part, and they walk across, not on marsh, y'all, but on dry ground, walls of water, walking on dry ground. They get to the other side. Moses holds out the staff. They're pursued by the entire army of Egypt with chariots and horses and swords and spears. And they're coming after the people of God. And let's see Jesus again. He holds out the staff. And death is swallowed up in victory. That's what happens the cross, right? That's what Jesus did for us. He parted the sea so that we could have access to God. He took death and swallowed it up in victory, right? We're meant to see those things, but then they, they get to the desert, to the wilderness. They're only meant to be there for a period of time. God says, Moses, we got to talk. So he takes Moses up onto the mountain. It takes 40 days to have this conversation. Some of you get frustrated when God, when he doesn't speak to you in 40 seconds, let that sit there for a bit. 40 days, he has a conversation. He said, Moses, really important, but we've got to cover these three things. If I'm going to be your God and you're going to be my people, you've got to have some rules to live by. That's called the law. So God gives him the law. Write all this stuff down. Takes a while. He says, not only that, not only do you have to have rules to live by, Moses, but these people have to have a way for their sin to be atoned for because I'm holy. I'm righteous and they're not. And, and so he, he institutes a sacrificial system. It says you're going to have to have priests. There's going to have to be animals. Blood sacrifice, that's what's required. Without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness of sins. Moses, write this down. And he institutes a sacrificial system. All happens up on the, the mountain. And third, he says, and I'm going to need a place to dwell in your presence. So you're going to build me something holy. We're going to call it a tabernacle. And he gives these very specific instructions. And so Moses, y'all, is the lawgiver. He's the one that brings atonement, and he's the one, in, in their mind, that's responsible for God dwelling amongst them. And with that in mind, I want you to, I want you to notice what the text says is going to be required so that the people can enter into the promise, right? Because that's, that's what we read next. It's Deuteronomy 34, verse 4 and 5. The Lord said to him, this is the land I promised Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I'm going to give it to those descendants. I've let you see it with your own eyes, but you will not cross into it. So Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in the land of Moab, according to the Lord's word. And that just stuck with me all week. 
to enter into the promise, Moses had to die. By the way, um, I know I'm your pastor. I in no way think I'm Moses, just so you know. Um, I mean, listen, if the Lord wants to take me so that you can get over there, that's fine. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be with Jesus at any time, but I don't, I don't think that's the deal. Uh, but I do think there's some lessons here. So I, I want to go back to this main point. I just want you to see it because Moses was so good. And so I'm going to put this main point on the screen because I want it to resonate with you that sometimes really good things have to be laid to rest so that we can experience the better promises of God. I'll give you an example. You guys remember, uh, I mean, of course, they were supposed to cross over into the promised land immediately, send in the 12 spies. Ten of them came back or like, no, it's, the giants are too big, let's not do it. And so they didn't have the faith to cross over initially. So 40 years of wandering in the wilderness is now going to happen. By the way, when you think about Moses, I left out, like, manna from heaven, hello? We just talked about that. Jesus is like, I'm the manna from heaven, I'm the bread of life. I mean, just, just think, Moses is their provider, he's their everything, and he's gone, right? Had to be laid to rest so that they could cross over. Don't believe me? Go back to that text. What did it say about Moses? It said there was no weariness in his eyes. He wasn't tired yet. There's no reason for him to die other than that he had to for them to cross over. He had to be laid to rest for them to enter into this newness that God had for them. And, and, and it just had me thinking. So while they were in the wilderness, you may remember one of the moments of their disobedience. They had several. But one of their moments of disobedience, because they disobeyed the Lord, that God sent um, snakes, poisonous snakes, to bite them. You guys remember this story? Uh, the snakes, I believe, were called asps. I want to say that carefully in church. And I uh, believe that's what they're called. And so uh, they bit them, and uh, they're getting bit, and they're dying. Like, they're just falling out, and it's a result of their sin. And so Moses cries out to God, hello! He was also their greatest prayer warrior. Lord, save us! Lord, help us. Lord, deliver us. And so God says, all right, here's what I want you to do, Moses. I want you to take some bronze, and you're going to make a bronze snake. Uh, And if you watch The Chosen, uh, he says, you're going to put it up on a pole. Uh, In The Chosen, they put it up on a cross, which is really, really cool, because it makes me think about Jesus. Anyway, so, but he says, when you raise it up, when they look to the serpent, if they look to this bronze serpent, they will be saved. And Jesus says, so the Son of Man may be lifted up, so that everyone who looks to him. Right? Might receive eternal life. So, uh, listen, we're just seeing Jesus all over here. Um, so, that bronze serpent in the history of Israel uh, was, was an image of salvation. But do you know that later in the life of Israel, that that thing that brought salvation became an idol unto itself? It did. So, Hezekiah is, becomes king, right? And so, Hezekiah comes in and he's like, Hey, uh, you guys are making offerings to the serpent. Uh-uh. And so he destroys it. I believe, now Frankie, tell me if, if my, if my that he destroys it into powder and makes them drink it, right? Yeah. Drink your idols. Here's some vitamins. Um, so even the good thing of God had to be laid to rest at some point. Uh, and it just reminded me about what Jesus said about his own life. You guys remember this, John 12, 24? He says, truly I tell you, unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains by itself. But if it dies, it produces much fruit. And so the, for the purposes of our conversations this morning, I've got to wrap this up quickly. Uh, it just had me thinking about the Israelites, and I think there were three primary areas that they were called to, uh, that they, they were going to experience changes. And I, I gave this to you in your notes. But just think about these three big areas uh, with me for a second. I'll put them on the screen. Um, yeah, 
So here's all things that were going to change. Uh, they had memories, moments, and movements of God that happened under Moses. Right? They, had, they had memories, they had moments, and they had movements of God that, that were very specific to, to Moses and were very specific to, to that time. Right? And, and, and the text again says, and that had to be laid to rest so that they could enter the promise. So that was, was part of it. Uh, they, they had certain style and way of doing things. Right? Think about it. Do you know what church was like? <coughs> Excuse me. Life was like? They set up a tent, and then they moved, and they had to set up the tabernacle, and then God would meet, and then they'd have to move. And they'd, they, they, the cloud, remember, was fault, would lead them here, and they'd have to move, and they'd have to, and all that's changing. All that's changing, which kind of the, the dwelling and the meeting space, all that changed. All of it changed. All of it, now they're going to enter into their own land. They're going to take possession, and it's not going to be a tabernacle, it's going to be a temple. And they're not going to live in tents, they're going to live in homes. Everything is changing for the people of God. And in order for that better thing to happen, uh, which by the way, right, we're going to go from manna and pigeon that we've been eating for 40 years uh, into a land flowing with milk, honey, pomegranates, dates, figs. I mean, you name all the stuff that was there. Like, we're going to enter into abundance is what the promised land. But for that to happen, you're going to have to let go and lay to rest some old things. And y'all, I, I just, I think there is a message in there for us, right? There, there's, there's so many parallels. Now, now again, uh, not that we have any Moses that we have to lay to rest, but we, we have things when you go through memories, moments, and movements, when you have styles and way of doing things, when you think about dwelling places and, and meeting spaces, everything that we have done, a certain, this building is a hundred years old that we stand in today. And in faith, a hundred years ago, Somebody gave sacrificially and with their own hands built this space so that we could be here today on the precipice of what we're about to do. And I'm just saying to you that it took faith then and it's going to take faith now, but the same mission is there and it's to reach a community that needs Christ Jesus. And there's a way that we did life here for a long time. And, and, and I, I just want to say to you, I, I get it. Some of you were married in this church. Many of you were baptized in this church. I wasn't baptized in this church, but all four of my kids, I baptized right there in that baptistry. And I'm, I, it's going to be hard. My, my first, hey, senior pastor sermon is right here, right behind that big old wooden pulpit that we, where I was like, I'm not moving this anymore. We're done. It's just going to sit back there. My back can't take it. Like, I get it, man. But we've got to be willing to cross over into what God has for us. And so, so we're going we're gonna to have to put some of that to rest. Now, I, I, I want to be honest with you, and that's why this was the first message out of the box here. I think that's going to demand some things of us. So, so what do we do uh, here in the next seven weeks? Uh, th these are the things I hope we'll do. First and foremost, I, I hope you'll cherish the time we have left. Uh, Y'all, we got seven Sundays. Be here every Sunday. I, I don't know what to tell you. Right? I mean, like, like, that's what I hear. But I'm going to miss the bubble. I, I'm going to miss those old pews that hurt my back. Okay, God bless you. All right. I try to stand up the whole service, but that's me. Right. It's okay. I'm going to, like, then be here. Like, be here. Cherish it. Think about all the fond memories. Like, listen, church isn't a building. It's the people in the building. Think about all the saints that went before, amen? Some saints went before so that we could do what we're doing today. And just praise God, just cherish it. Uh, the, the scripture said 
that they spent 30 days cherishing the life of Moses. We, we get a little over 30 days. We got about 45, right? Cherish it, embrace it, remember it, celebrate it, okay? Uh, second, embrace the changes that are coming. Uh, I, had, I had a conversation, uh, I'll, I'll just, I'll say it, because Aaron and I had this great conversation before we started, and we were talking about um, different, uh, different aspects of life and what ministry looks like and what, what are Wednesday nights. And I was like, listen, we've, we've kind of on paper put what, how we think things are supposed to work, but we're already finding out, like things are just going to be different. So I know that you guys want to know exactly how it's going to work. Here's all I can tell you. We're going to be really radically focused on other people. That's all I got. Right? And I think I know how ministry is going to look and what Wednesday will look like and Sunday will look like, but it, it, we're holding everything so loosely because we're not in a new building yet. I don't know what the sound is like there. I don't, I don't know how traffic's going to work there. I don't know. Like, I, I have so few answers. I just have a lot of faith that God's going to show up and that God's going to really, really have an impact on lives. But we are just going to be other-focused, right? And so that's part of that. Man, I realize there, there are changes that are going to have to come, but it is okay because other people are going to know Jesus, right? That's what it's going to be about. And so I'm going to show up every day with that other mindset. And so that word I is going to, every time I'm going, but I want, but I want, like, whoa, 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 no, God, what do you want? God, what do you want? How can I be a part of what you want? Right? So I embrace that, that other, that other person-ness that the gospel calls us to. We're going to embrace that change. And lastly, uh, guys, I think um, that we have to be willing to lay to rest whatever God asks us to do. Uh, that's going to look different for everybody. Just is. Right? So for some, it is the architecture of the building. Uh, I, I've talked to some, many people. I, I love you so much. I, I get it. I've had some people, well, can we take the steeple with us? The school's not going to use it. I'm like, listen, we designed a building that doesn't have structural support for a steeple, right? What we're building is phase one. It's actually not supposed to have a steeple. We want to later build a worship center that then if we want to stick a steeple on that bad boy, that's cool. But I can't tell you when phase two will happen. It may not happen in our lifetime, right? What if we all die and then the Lord gives, uh, said, okay, now we build. Like, that's okay. I mean, we're part of a legacy of faith of First Baptist Church that I pray is going to go on in Elgin, Texas long after we're gone. Amen? Okay? So I, I, don't, I don't know what the thing is that you might want to cling to, but if you pray about it, the Lord's going to show you exactly what it is that you have to be willing to say, okay, like maybe it's that you've always done discipleship in a small room that only fit 12 to 15 people in it. And that's all you've ever known about discipleship, and I'm calling you to do that in a living room. And you may go, whoa, I, I've never done that. And that's okay? Are you willing to lay that to rest if that's what God has for us? And that's all I'm, I'm, I'm saying, y'all, this is the season to start having these discussions. Amen? Does that make sense? Okay. Does anybody else see how this transition between the two could be really applicable for us? Right? Makes sense, right? So guys, I want to pray for us. I want to say this to you. Door is open. Email is available. You can call me. Uh, I, I, I get you. I, I feel it too. Um, by the way, this has been nuts, this leading up to this point. We're seven weeks out. I still have a list of things that I have to do that I, are, quite frankly, overwhelming. Um, but we're going to get there. Lord is in it all. And you would be sh every day. But it is okay. In spite of all that, I will still make time for you to talk to you and to help you walk through this transition. It is this important that we reach this city, y'all. 
It is, it is of utmost importance that we are the people willing to say, it is not about us, God. It is about you. Not, not for us, but for your name be the glory. Amen? Amen. So let's pray that together. Lord, thanks for loving us. God, thanks for allowing us to enter into this season, into this place. And I pray that over the next seven weeks, as we study this transition period from Moses to Joshua, that it is full of amazing, amazing lessons for us. That you teach us, oh God, what you have for us as we press forward into your promise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen.